You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sitok. Sid Talk. Mm-hmm. Hello, world. Hello, everybody. Hello. Everybody in the world listens to this? And, oh, we, have, and we, have... we have no advertisers. Damn, missed opportunity. Oh, don't we have at least one person from each location in the world? Okay. Define location. Continent. Okay. Well, that narrows it down to seven. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we count as one, so we, we got this one covered. I was hoping we at least <laughs> at least seven listeners. Are there yeah. only seven continents still? I don't even know. We got rid of a planet. Have we ever gotten rid of or added a continent? No. I should know these things. <laughs> no. We've still got seven, I think. Okay. Alexa, how many <laughs> continents are there? We love to ask her questions. There are seven continents. Seven. The most common we were correct. Sometimes the Americas are found because she knows everything. Too. And sometimes Europe and Asia are combined as Eurasian. Other customers have also asked. She's given us all kinds of. <laughs> Alexa, stop. Thank She's you. given us all kinds of different. Yeah. Variations. We don't need all that. Sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's four. There's not a definitive answer. Anyway, sit or watch your before the after the show discussion. Do we have one? We didn't have much. Supper. Do you have anything to... Do you have any? Did we? Did we? Do I have anything to add? We talked about this movie. A little bit. That's about it. You were focused on your little project with your lights. I was making a cup of tea. It's like pretty... You know, this is marriage, everyone. You don't always have something stimulating to discuss. It is the way of the world. (laughs) Wow. We can pretend like we had something big and important. We didn't. We didn't. We just... We just said nothing to each other. <laughs> and, well, uh, we might have said stuff, but I don't think either of us was listening, so I wouldn't count that as a discussion. That's true. <laughs> All right, so it is Saturday, July the 28th. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. This is the 592nd episode. We're going to be looking at the movie Long Shot this week, which is a 2019 movie. You can pick it up on Blu-ray from... This upcoming Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. It's not out yet. It's out this week. Um, it's from our friends at Lionsgate. It's rated R for... What does it say it's rated R for? Why is it rated R, Sid Talk? This one? Well, hmm, there's a little bit of something about Mary involved. It's a sexual <laughs> content, language throughout, and some drug use. That's correct. Yeah, accurate. Those are the things that are contained within this movie. It's from our friends at Lionsgate. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis of the movie, Long Shot. Mm, romantic comedy-ish with a um, mismatched pair of Nice. People. And uh, when you always give us a synopsis, I've decided to give you the synopsis of the box also. Mm. Because uh, whoever writes synopsis for boxes is... Pretty close to the people who write the one-star reviews on IMDb, don't but you But not me. 
Not, not close to me. <laughs> no. So this, uh, the, the box synopsis is, <laughs> from the celebrated team of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, creators of outrageous comedy hits, including This Is The End and Neighbors, comes Longshot. Seth Rogen stars as Fred Flasky, a hard-partying journalist who's got it bad for Charlotte Field. Charlize Theron, in brackets. His first crush turned... Oh my god, is this a whole freaking script? His first crush turned presidential candidate. After Charlotte hires Fred as a speechwriter, he is a fish out of water on her elite team. But sparks fly as he turns her on to a wild new world of raging parties, secret rendezvous, and hilarious rule-breaking. Damn, that's super boring. That's like two really thirds of long. the movie as well. Yeah, <laughs> God. Yeah, so um, I hated that. So can I have ha- that minute back of my life? So, uh, movie studios hire Sid Tokish. You'll write you a tiny little synopsis <laughs> that nobody will understand, and that'll be much better than this. <laughs> I have, my style is underselling. So just in case you, yeah. you want to really undersell the how fantastic your movie is, you let me watch the whole movie, and I will give you literally, possibly less than one sentence, and you sum it up. And you, you know, if you haven't seen, like, in your mind, you've seen the movie, so you know everything about it. But just from your synopsis, sometimes <laughs> it's hard to gauge what it's like. What? What? Okay, it's it's romantic comedy ish, and it's a mismatched pair of people. What? I mean, that is it. It is. And then you wrap all the other stuff around it, and that could be plugged into loads of movies. It's the same synopsis. All right, so... <laughs> we just don't like to admit that we're watching the same stories over and over. Let's review the movie Longshot. Let's do it. Da-da. I said I was going to have some... I'm going to make some jingles and insert them into our podcast. Yeah, do I don't like that idea, personally. Do you not find that's a... Be, be, sound no. Good? I was thinking some real professional-style jingles. Mm. I mean, it's your Featuring podcast. Featuring the voice talents of me and you. I'm not singing no jingle. No, you're not singing. It's not singing. You need to hum it's, it? Da, 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 no, it's not da, da, humming. Well, then it's, it's not featuring me. It's more of a, like, IMDb Here's what's re- for supper. IMDb movie review. No, it's like, what it sounds like is like 1960s cool and about. 70s radio, which I'm not a big fan of. Yeah, so. I was thinking of making it into an old-timey radio show and having, like, scratchy noises in the background. And then wah, wah, wah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I'll pass. All right. I won't resign over this. Won't? I won't. I won't give up my position as the other person on your podcast. If you do this, just know I'm in protest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll review this movie, Long Shot, um, without the jingles. Sid Talk, you are not. I've gone down on record <laughs> as not being the biggest Seth Rogen fan in the world. Correct. In fact, periods of time where you don't like him at all. Correct. So. Going into a movie. You've seen the cover for this movie today, and you were like, this is the movie we're going to watch. And you saw the cover. How? And you, and then I realized what we were watching, and I was like, hmm. And how did you enjoy the movie, or not enjoy the movie? I enjoyed it a lot. I say this also begrudgingly. <laughs> 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 I laughed a lot, and okay. Now I can say we're starting from here, Seth, if you're listening. Um and moving forward with our relationship. Of course he's listening. 
It's a fresh start, as they like to say on the British EastEnders soap opera that we watch. Fresh start, fresh start. We're start here. It's a good start. Uh, we can move forward from here because I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed him, her, it. That's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> you enjoyed the movie It? I did all of it, yes. Yes. And this, it. <laughs> the story of this, the way they did it, all the scenes, even the ones where you're like, oh, God, that's so uncomfortable. Or that's just like, oh, God, it's a little bit low on the, you know, intellectual thing not that i'm highly intellectual but it's mixed in with other things in a nice balance for me and so i'm i'm on board now i'm not on the seth train yet sort of like driving on the gravel road next to it just in case i ever want to jump on (laughs) interesting (laughs) country people will know what i'm talking about so um you know this i'd I had the wrong impression of this movie. I didn't see the trailer for it at all. I saw the cover and what it was about. And I was thinking it was, you know, a raunchy, comedy, stoner kind of movie. You were preconceived. Which I often... I mean, you had a preconceived notion. Yeah, exactly. And I often don't like those type of movies. They don't really appeal to me that much. And I had no idea, actually, that... Spoilers. I think we already said it in the synopsis. The synopsis spoiled the whole movie anyway, didn't it? The one My the synopsis the did not spoil the one anything. The back of the box. Um, so there might be some spoilers. You know, continue at your own risk. So, I wasn't expecting it to be such a romantic comedy. I had no idea that that was the road this was taking. And, you know, it's, it's written... <sighs> I did feel that it's written in that old-fashioned way where everything is super obvious what's about to happen. Do you get what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, everything is almost telegraphed before it happens. But I didn't... And it feels kind of old-school in the way the script is wrote. But it didn't make me think, oh, this is, like, awful. Like, this is... I think they were trying to go for a certain thing. And the, the pairing of Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen... I had no idea it would be so cool. It's really, really fun to watch. They, you know, like, I saw these two uh, promoting this movie, didn't see them, listened to them on the Howard Stern show. And uh, I didn't, you know, I all I've seen of Charlize Theron is her in movies. I'd not really seen many interviews with her. And I didn't realize that she was, like, into comedy stuff. You know? Mm. But she is... Like, fully on board. She was like, no, I just wanted to make a comedy. I've seen Seth Rogen. She said, I've seen Seth Rogen's movies, and they're so far away from what I am, I thought it would be interesting to go and work with them, like, and see what, you know, how I could fit into it, which I think she did, totally. And it's not... When I said I thought it was going to be a stoner movie, it is kind of a stoner movie, right? It's got... I disagree, but... I mean, the guy... Seth Rogen's character is kind of like a... I mean, he is a stoner, right? He's He walks into the White House. But it's like saying it's a, it's a movie about politics, but it isn't. Or you could also say it's just a love story, yeah, but I it's not. Did we mention that it's uh, surrounding politics? Not yet. Yeah, the movie... It wasn't part of my synopsis, but it was yours. It was on the box. Yeah, the movie is surrounding... The movie's in the politics world, but it's not about politics. And... You don't well, need to, I don't I guess, think you need to understand politics or anything no, like that. No, it's just about ha- how the politics of anything, and this is literally politics like running for president, or the politics of life and perception people have of you 
can dick around with who you are and ultimately who you choose to be in your life. So it is about the politics of life. Yeah. And also the politics of dancing. Is everyone laughing? Yes. Everyone but me. There is some dancing in this movie, Mm -hmm. actually. There's a dance scene. There's a club scene. So um, just you explain to the listeners what the overall... I already gave my synopsis. No, not the synopsis. Where the comedy comes from here. What do you mean? Like, how this movie... Where's most of the comedy come from? In the jokes? No, not the jokes, no. (laughs) I mean, like in joke- the script, like where, not a base level, like the jokes. I mean, most of the comedy, I'll explain it, is... Well, I, said, I actually explained it when I said two mismatched people. So that is where your comedy is going to come from, is yeah. the clash of worlds. So there you go. And also the surrounding characters I thought were kind of funny too. Pretty funny. Right, because the two people are so different that everyone around them has a different perspective on why or why they should or shouldn't be together. And how to keep them apart or get them together or whatever. So it's all about the, how different those two people are. So they're very different people. There's no way in hell in real life they would collide in any way, I, I'm imagining. It's, it's a pretty out there way that it all happens, right? I mean, they do try and oh, I don't, make I disagree. it believable, but, you know. I disagree. You can meet anybody anywhere. Yeah. So Seth Rogen, who's not a politician or anything in this movie... Just a, is a writer for a free newspaper. And uh, she is going to be... Well, what is she originally? Secretary of State. Yeah, she's the Secretary of State, but she's going to resign from that job to to run to become president. She's only running for president because the jerk president now is not going to run for president again. Right. Who happens to be so it's Better set, Call Saul. It's set against the backdrop of that. And then Rogan, you know, helps her. As a, what do you call that person? Speechwriter. What? Speechwriter. Yeah. It's a, and they do have that. That's a real thing, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> a person Those who's politicians are the not time. creative enough to make up their own speeches. So the person is a creative type who's with them all the time and writes the... Well, we actually... Uh, not that this is anything to gauge politics by, but we do watch the TV show Designated Survivor. Correct. <laughs> and there is a guy who writes his speeches for him. Or I mean, that's. Least, t- did you actually honestly not know that's a thing? I didn't know it was like, you know, like that he's with her all the time, following her around and stuff. I, I didn't mean, you know have that. to be, right? Because Well, no, not these days. You're on the internet, right? No, nah, you'd need, this is like you are, it's almost like the politician is your puppet. And if you're not able to completely represent that person, then any cracks, right? They're, you're, they're saying everything you tell them to say. So if they go off on a little jaunt as we see in this movie, and they say one wrong thing that doesn't match up with one of the speeches that you wrote five speeches ago, then they're fucked, right? So you are, you must be babysitting them. I'm, And it's not just one, I don't think. I think every bigger politician headliner, as we would like to call them, um, would have tons of people around them constantly to watch how they behave, watch how people are dressed around them, how people are behaving around them so they can refer to them or not refer to it. I mean, it's like they're an extension of you. And then they make up a version of you that doesn't exist. And that's, a lot of this movie is based around (laughs) not, like, you not being yourself. Correct. Uh, And Seth Rogen's character has that personality. He loses his job at the beginning because he can't 
He will not compromise. Yes, he's that, very anti people being controlled, right, or lied to, and he doesn't like politics or anything. So and the, interesting where he ends up. And the other thing there is Charlize Theron, who's who is like being somebody she's not all the time because of a job, sees him, and she, you know, she knew him from back in the day. And he has not changed, has he? He's just himself. Like that's that's the thing that right. attracts her to him immediately. Like he is just—it's just like looking at that kid again, who I was stood in the kitchen with, and he's got the same personality. He's not trying to be something. Which all the way through the movie, she's trying to be something. Until what is she enlightened, or is she not? Find out by watching the movie. <laughs> but uh, let's just say, well, you know how movies go. Mm-hmm. So um, I do. Yeah. And this movie. I know particularly how this movie went. <laughs> yeah, this movie's fairly predictable, to be honest. You can see what's that going to happen, can't you? Like, it's no surprise. No surprises. The love story wasn't. I mean, did you expect the love story? Did you expect it, that to happen? Yes. Yeah, so did I. It's just the way it's laid out, isn't it? You just can feel everything coming. You can. I mean, they can throw a twist in there one way or the other, do they or don't they end up doing their thing? How you know that, but it's not you only have one of two options, either they end up together or they don't yeah on and and does she win the presidential race? Mm, I think that's that. irrelevant, but it's yeah. an interesting little thing to tie on the end, yeah, so I liked the comedy. it never you know what I actually did like um I really like the comedy. there's some really raunchy comedy in here. there's a, a scene that involves a dollop of sperm mm. this you know, pretty graphic. Masturbation. Yeah. There's uh, some, you know, they go out and take some mollies and, you know, they, they act crazy. Listen to you, you're cool with the kids. Yeah. And what else do they do? You know, it's got some crazy stuff in it, but it's also what, what I found, because I was expecting the crazy stuff because I saw Seth Rogen on the box, but the actual tender parts of it, which I will call tender parts, as though it's a piece of meat, <laughs> is um traitor the love parts are were actually pretty convincing i thought yeah there was a, there's a sex scene which is them like get you know they've re they look at each other they, she's like come with me now and they have sex so that actually felt legitimate to me and then there's the other romantic one where they play in the famous song which song it must have been love yeah, that but one. It's over now. From Pretty Woman. I don't know the words. I've only listened to it for 35 years now. But when they play <laughs> in that, they commit to that. They commit to this is a romantic moment. It's not funny. Like, they don't go for the funny laugh or anything. And they're dancing. And then they're. It's sweet. It's sweet, yeah. And I actually appreciated that because it was not always going for the sex joke or the. There was actually a. a good balance. Realistic. Not realistic. Real, like romantic comedy right in the middle of it. And I said to you the other day, another romantic comedy we saw this year was Crazy Rich Asians. And I remember saying on this podcast, when it came to their wedding scene and she's walking down the aisle and the music was playing and everything, I said to you, "That's a, I, I can identify, because I've watched enough movies, that that is supposed to be a moment where you feel something. But I felt nothing because I didn't care. yeah. In this movie, when that song played, and they were actually finally getting together, I was like, there was something about it. I felt something. So this operated 
I don't know, as a romantic comedy, this worked for me, whereas that Crazy Rich Asians didn't. And I don't know why that didn't. I think, do you know why that didn't? Is it just the way That one felt a lot more forced in just the one direction. Like you knew what was going to go down. And this, I'm like, "Mm." I don't know. I think maybe that was too romantic and cheesy. And it also didn't mix a lot of romance. It was more about, again, the clash of their worlds, their crazy friends on either side, the crazy conflict between his mother, and then, you know, all that kind of stuff kind of overtook you caring about them as a couple. Like, you didn't get invested in them as much as you did about, like, beating the odds for them, but not really them as two people. So you could say this... Much more in love with the the hooker and the billionaire from Pretty Woman, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So you could say this movie works... So much more romantic, the hooker and the billionaire. Like, this movie works on a Seth Rogen-type joke level, because there's there's all those crude jokes in there that you will know and love if you like him. And then there's also the romantic, you know, rom-com thing in there, too. Or romantic comedy is... Grown-ups like to yeah. say. So it works in both spheres, which is difficult to do, I think. Yeah, it's a good balance. To balance it on, yeah, because you're really, you're treading a fine line when you're doing like a joke with sperm and you're doing <laughs> like a, a, a actual romantic thing also. Like I said, something about Mary did it a long time ago and everybody loved it, it if you did, remember correctly. But that was, that. I think, you know, when the line is in the middle of the, that uh, something about Mary is like over the line of like crudeness, like there's two... There's a lot of it, you know? Yeah. There's the balls in the zip, which still gets me. I actually cross my legs together every time <laughs> I think about it. If you're so not do seen, I, and I don't have balls. If you've not seen something about Mary, I don't know whether you should see it. <laughs> I don't know if I should recommend it or not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know what the quality of it, of it actually is, but at the time it was unlike anything you've yeah. seen before. It was kind of cool in the day, but did it age well? I don't know. Mm. I'd have to see it again. Anyway, let's. Um, so, long shot. It actually worked for me. I liked it in both ways. I think it was touching. I think it was an interesting story. I liked the scenario of the politics thing. I, I thought that was interesting instead of just, oh, this girl runs a coffee shop. This guy is a loser, kind of thing. Mm. What you usually see. This was more. I know. I know it's a bit crazy. Like you know, they're in the public eye and all that. And but I liked the idea of. Well, like the person who's running a campaign are like, well, he's kind of a loser and you can't be with him because then you won't get up on the scale in the votes and all that. I liked all that. Whereas he's like, well, and she gives him an ultimatum, doesn't she, at one point? Like, what we'll do is this. Not from her, though. She doesn't mean it. No, but she, I mean, that when he realizes, she, she's kind of like, what we're going to do now for a few months is you know, you'll be somebody, you'll be more... We're going to lie to everybody, basically. You'll be more palatable to people. Yeah. And he, then he's kind of like, even in that situation, the he's going to lose her. He's like, no, I don't think I can do that. But he does go back on it, doesn't he, on the phone. More power to him. Fuck so, everybody if they don't like who you are. Yeah, so that's what the movie is. And I found it very funny. I laughed quite a few times, too. I think when... I laughed a lot. And I mean... A lot. I was like, I just really enjoyed it. Had a good time. The speech she gives at the end is hilarious. I I won't spoil it, but she gives a speech at the end. I thought that was awesome, the speech. And when she is absolutely stoned out of her head and she goes on live TV to give her another speech, that is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, really, really. 
both of those things. <laughs> and also Seth Rogen is this tons of funny stuff from him. Yes. And funny stuff from some of, we'll go into the Like cast. he's toning down the goof factor. Yeah. And, and sort of, even again, though, making it, it fits better. Yeah, even though there are. a grown-up character, not like a 20-something or immature 30-something, but more like, okay, I can buy this character. But if you like goofy Seth Rogen moments, there are those too. There's sure. a moment where he turns up in this weird costume. <laughs> it's just goofy and silly, but, you know, it kind of fits in the story and it's odd. There's some odd stuff like that. Uh, but the, I, I guess they um, dial back on it a bit. It's not like a knob joke every two minutes and it's not like stoner hmm. jokes either all the time. So, um, But it acknowledges that grown-ups do make crass jokes. Grown-ups do masturbate. Grown-ups do have a sense of humor. You know, even political people. Everybody tries to pretend that we don't talk about sex or joke about stuff or get drunk or get wasted. But every... No, I won't say everybody. A lot of people do. Yeah. So, you know... As it's a, sort of like telling everybody to lighten up. It absolutely is that. And also it makes fun it it lightly makes fun of today's politics. But in a fun I thought it was really funny where it kept showing you like there was a certain news channel on the in this oh, called God. Wembley News. Yeah. And it, it's really far fetched and silly, but when you actually really look at it, it's just like a real news channel. I mean, Several of it, them. It's slightly exaggerated, but you're like, no, I recognize that. That's kind the scary of person. thing. It's not that exaggerated. Yeah, but there's a lot of that. So yeah, but it's not like super. Like this is Donald Trump and this is that. It's more subtle about it, I guess. Well, it's-, it's not even about like the politic, uh, like a party, or I don't think it's even directed at the idea. Or, you know, like a knock toward a current president. But the idea that the presidency is now packaged as like a dog and pony show. Like, um, because in this movie, the president is a guy who was played the president on a TV show for many years. And now he wants to stop being president so he can go into movies. Because that's, to him, it's a step that's up. more, it's a step up yeah. from the presidency. And that <laughs> in his mind and probably in the world around him, that makes sense. Almost like idiocracy level of like, well, duh, the presidency's not that big a deal. And um, as you go through it, you aren't told straight up, but obviously he's made big business deals with all these people. Like he doesn't care about the presidency. He only cares that this is like, can go in his portfolio of jobs he's had and that how he can make money off of it and all these other... Like, it's no big deal, really. Who cares about the environment when you can, like, make a billion dollars off of the lum- lumber industry? That kind of thing. Exactly. So I think that's more of an idea, like a generic view of politics. Then I, I didn't feel like it was pointed at anything. I'm not a Donald Trump fan. And I still didn't feel like it was, like, pointed at him or any one or anything in particular. There's one one scene um, in particular that I really liked, and it was just a like a dialogue thing. Mm-hmm. And it was Seth talking to his old college roommate, and they're just having a discussion together. And it's the discussion of, like, how friends don't really, like, divulge certain things to each other. Because he's like... Yeah, because Seth's like, character's, like, super anti... as well. Um... Big companies, anti-big government, anti or you know government um, 
kind of like stealing everyone's freedom and he's sort of like fuck the man kind of guy you know what i mean like route rooting for the little guy all the time and so his friend who's been a republican all these years doesn't has never told him that because he's afraid that his friend who in reality probably thinks of himself as open-minded is very narrow-minded and that he wouldn't even accept that this guy is like a church-going Republican dude. And I found that was pretty interesting, too. Yeah, and it, it came... I, I Like, I, that scene in particular come really near the end of the movie. I was like, wow, this scene, this is quite different to what we've been discussing, but it's still funny. Mm-hmm. Like, there's still a funny edge to it. So. It's funny and comfortable because you're like, oh, yeah. do I do that now? I, you wouldn't doubt who I am. So that's a good thing with my friends, people who know me know me i am not a closed book (laughs) but i identify and we were just talking about it like i don't believe in any gods of any kind you and i are vegetarian um these are pretty that means that's our life that's our that's how we do our life but that offends people so badly (laughs) that i know and i'm happy to get in any debate or any conversation not not to people are offended by what somebody else is, eats <laughs> yeah. is bizarre to me. Because like, I'm not yeah. offended by the people eating a steak. I'm not offended at all. You can do eat what you want. You eat it. Yeah, I mean, I get comments all the time. We're, yeah. not, we're not vegan. We're not animal weird. rights activists. We just started eating meat um, 10 years ago for health reasons for me, and then you jumped on board, and now would you say we suffer? No. And I am still way overweight. It's not like I'm wasting away or anything. I'm totally healthy. I just find it weird. But people will say, when you say like, oh, you know, they'll say, oh, get the burger, get the whatever. And I don't even say anything. I just go ahead and order what, like French fries and a salad. Oh, why don't you get a burger? Well, I don't eat meat. Oh, I guess you don't want me to eat meat either. I'm like, I couldn't give a shit. You could cut somebody's leg off right now and eat it right in front of me. I don't care. There's also a weird phenomenon where people try and make fun of you. Oh yeah, <laughs> like and go. Like, they'll say some. They'll say something like, "You'll say, oh, I'm a vegetarian.'" They'll go, "Ha ha! Well, I'm eating twelve steaks tomorrow." Like, so, uh, like great. Uh, you go okay. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Great. Yeah, but you you can hundred percent tell that they're trying to make you mad. Yeah, and that's a good example of how sometimes, if in your life you've made choices, like in this situation with these two friends, you know, I know if I bring it up first, the simple thing of not eating meat. If I just say, if I go to a restaurant and I'm the first person to go, oh, I don't eat meat, so I don't want anyone else to order meat or some bullshit like that. That's not how I do it. <laughs> like, it's not how I do it at all. But if it comes up, it's a touchy subject. And, you know, I can see how this friend didn't want to be forthcoming with his, with Seth Rogen's character just because it, he overreacted, of course. But I thought that was really good and really real. Yeah, exactly. I like that. So let's move on to the cast. Charlize Theron plays Charlotte Field. Are you saying her name correctly? Theron. I mean, you've heard her on the Howard. Theron. She's no, she it. has. I think she is Theron. Anyway, Charlize Theron, Theron. I can't think of how many ways you could say it. No, she said it on Howard correctly. You told me once. I think she said Theron. Right is what I'm saying. Anyway, um, I'm a big fan of hers. My favorite thing. I will tell you in my um, recommendations this week. I really recently I rewatched um, Prometheus. It was on TV, right. and uh, she was really good in it. You remember? Uh, no. 
Oh, she is very good. Uh, you know what, as well? I think Prometheus is better than I gave it credit I'd for. I'd watch it again, for sure, because I didn't quite remember and grasp how it all kind of came it's together. Actually, it's actually, I was like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. But that other alien film that came after it, <laughs> no. <laughs> I like Prometheus better. Anyway, uh, I'm a big fan. I really like it. Um, Atomic Blonde, also excellent. Yep, I like Atomic Blonde a lot. Um, also, that movie that we were just discussing before the after the show, the yeah. uh, one that Sean Penn directed. Last Face. Yeah, that was interesting performance from her. I really like her. Um, and I've never seen her do comedy, I don't think, at all. I don't even know if she's done any. But uh, I think she was really great in this. I'd like to see her in more varied things. It's really interesting to her see. Her thing, though, is... She's not, she dabbles in the comedy part, but really she's playing the straight one. You know, you got the straight one and the funny one. She's that. She's like the stern professional. But because we're cracking her personality just a little bit, that's where her comedy's coming from instead of her being the funny one. I found it really funny when Seth Rogen was dressed in a weird outfit and she's like, what are you fucking wearing? <laughs> yeah, she liked all- <laughs> and then when they're watching that movie and she totally reacted in a way that's like you're not expecting her to react because she's all put together and professional and elegant. and Yeah, I really liked I her. I liked her character a lot. Uh, and Seth Rogen, we've discussed him a lot so far. I've always been a fan of his since Knocked Up. I really like Knocked Up. I think it's really sweet. Another movie that's sweet, actually, has a real heart to it. Don't you think? Knocked up? Yeah. It's yeah. really goofy and weird and often cr- gross and crude, but there's a real heart at the end of it when you get to it. You know? Yeah. So, uh, no, I've always been a fan. You, you're, you haven't, mm-hmm. and you're slowly becoming one. Well, no, I'm ready now for us to start again. <laughs> so if he wants to make a bunch of new movies to keep me on board, that would be great. Um, Bob Odenkirk, who we're, I think we're both fans of in the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, Better Call Saul, which is a fantastic TV show. Um, <laughs> it's actually the prequel to Breaking Bad, but really, I don't see it that way. I see it's it just it's about own, him, though. It's his own show, isn't it? Yeah. He's so good in it. Uh, him and uh, Ray Seahorn. Yes. Plays his She's girl. my favorite part of it. The show is just fucking exceptionally good. Um, but what He plays the president. Yeah, he plays the president. Here. I mean, he was over the top and kind of like cringy, but that's exactly how he was supposed to be. Yeah. So, he did and he's not right. in it particularly a lot. He's just in a few scenes. Um, now, Charlize is um, what is she? She's a, the handler or whatever, isn't she? June Diane Raphael mm-hmm. plays Maggie, and she. I really loved her. I thought <laughs> yeah. she was hilarious. I mean, she's horrible, bitchy. She really the, is bitchy. She rolls her eyes all the time at yeah. Seth Rogen. She's like. And it's a fine line to play a character who you know needs to be a strong character without everybody thinking you're a bitch just because you're a woman. Right. But she is actually bitchy. Like, she does all the things that all of us women identify as, like, the bitchy move. The eye rolling, the sighing, the, like, complete dismissive twitch of her hand when he's around, like, ugh. And she's just being snotty. I mean, that's just the bottom line. But she does it really well. But she genuinely... In the other scenes, when she's talking to Charlize Theron's character, she genuinely loves her and wants her to do well. So I thought she balanced that out really well. And then Ravi Patel plays Tom, and he is the... what? What's his title? He's the same. He's the other handler person. Press secretary. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, he's very funny too, and there's a relationship in there with them two as well, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. plays Lance, who's his friend. You know what? I thought he was excellent in yeah, this. Yeah, really good. He's Ice Cube's son. Um, I could he, tell. Yeah, and you know they even. I felt that relationship between them was really good. Yeah. Like it was written well from the beginning, and his friends like inspiring, and like he's. He's like, no, you should do this. You know, he's always inspiring him. But then at the end, when we get that conversation that I just talked about, where he doesn't really know about his friend properly, but that should not affect anything, right? He's your friend. He makes yeah. you feel good. Him being a Republican and a Christian <laughs> should not affect anything. I have many like, Republican you know, Christian friends. They don't bother me like, at all. <laughs> he says, I love you, man, but you're really ju- fucking judgmental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I really liked that relationship between them. I thought, and I thought he was excellent. Um, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, Andy Serkis is in here. What I loved about him is he seemed like a really good boss at his company that he clearly owned because yeah, he, he did. gives yeah. everybody the day off. He's like, He's like yeah. I'm going to take my best friend off and get him totally fucked up because he just quit his job. Everybody gets the day off, you know. And it's like this big fancy office, and I was like, I like that guy. Yeah, good. Um, Andy Serkis plays Parker Wembley. And he's like the head of like the shitty news company. Like the- he's like the billionaire who buys up all the media to control it. He's the guy who hates gay people and who is now wanting to ravage Alaskan forests to send- build like data centers. Yeah. And he's the guy who the president is basically his puppet. And Seth Rogen is like, fuck that guy. He just bought the newspaper that I just quit from because of that guy. You know, so it's like a loop. And Andy Serkis has got some crazy <laughs> yeah. prosthetic... But I immediately was like, that's Andy Serkis. Yeah, he's prosthetic makeup to make him look like this old guy. Um, but you can see Andy Serkis underneath it all. And, um, you know, he's just a sle- he's sleazy and horrible, right? I mean, but he plays it all right. And then finally, Alexander Skarsgård plays James Stewart, who is the president, or the prime minister, let me say, of Canada. I thought he was really crappy. Um, like super crappy. But there was one scene that was extremely funny where he's, <laughs> where he's talking about his laugh. <laughs> that they've told him to change his laugh. His laugh is like a, a bit of an awkward <laughs> laugh. Like that kind of thing. Yeah, so he makes he does his normal laugh and he's like, it's less, it's more teeth and less noise. Yeah, but he, he's not good. No, he, He's I, good I'm, in some things. Like he was good in that one um, with the girl where he's the boyfriend, but then he ends up. Having a thing with the teenage girl. Uh, yes, he was very what good What was that, that called? Yes. Diary of something. He yes. was good in that because he was like a brooding, you know, dude. Diary but he did of a, a good job. Girl. And he was fine as the vampire on True Blood because he's, he's quite theatrical. And it was fine. It's kind of like a Neo situation for me because I don't think that, um, what's his face? Keanu Reeves is that great. In anything else that he's ever done, I like John Wick very well, very much, but it's not like it's a stretch. John Wick's you know a I mean? one-dimensional character. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like Alex needs to... Isn't his brother the it guy? Yes. Okay. And Alex needs to branch is, out. He's got... There's a bunch of Skarsgårds. I mean, he holds himself fine. It's just that he was... It, I don't know. Did Everything he have a wig tr- on? I think so. And he was trying too hard to be the political guy who only cared about his image. He just needed to... Like, loosen up a little bit. He's never been loose, though, has he? He's always he looks really like he's got a stick up Except in that movie. Diary of a whatever Teenage it was. Teenage Girl, I believe. Is that it? Yeah. 
diary of a teenage in that it was like he was that guy and i was more yeah. convinced but yeah i would like to have seen him be less of a cartoon character that's how i felt like it was so this is directed by jonathan levine he directed the movie 50 50 which you didn't see but i saw right i saw it on tv or something was i missing anything it's a romantic comedy it's um it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and and uh, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Okay. I think the thing was he was dying of cancer and he just had never been successful in dating. And this is his, this is a date that goes right. Is that a good synopsis of it? Uh, the one with Scarlett. It's good enough for me. <laughs> but my standards are very low. And he, jo- Jonathan Levine also made a movie called Warm Bodies, which was a romantic comedy involving zombies. Okay. Um, which I did not see. It was like, um, but again, Jonathan Levine. I don't Levine, particularly like his style. You don't? Him. I don't know what it is. He's pretty young. He's, um seems. Yeah. I don't I feel know, the, like film, he, the film came together well, so... I know everyone says, oh, we had great collaboration and whatnot, but I think part of that's because he had Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, who are... Producers. Producers, directors, famous people, writers. They've been in lots of movies. They're sort of Hollywood elite at this point, And might have gotten... He got a little lost in there, mm. but... Because it is... As far as style and um, the way it is cut and all that, the made... made it's pretty standard in that way, isn't it? Yeah. It's not got fancy touches to it or a style. True. Like it's It might be more about the relationships of the him to the people in the parts and also I do think that two Hollywood bigwig people are going to have a lot more control over like just for ego's sake. Yeah. About what they say and how they do it and what they look like and all that stuff and I think he might have succumbed to that a little bit. But that is just your opinion. He probably it is not just my opinion; it's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, it is what it is. There's a bunch of special features on the Blu-ray. There's uh, seven minutes in heaven, which is like the making of basically. There's Seth and Charlie's uncensored gag reel. Uh, did we mention that Boys to Men are in this uh, movie? Boys to Men. Dun, 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 I was not a big fan of Boys to Men, but when you play their music, it's totally nostalgic. I can't yeah. help it. It is what it is. Boys to Men are in this movie. They they perform two songs, actually, while the movie's going on. And uh, they're also in one of the extras. And there's some featurettes as well. It's got a bunch of stuff. Uh, the making of was actually pretty in-depth. Yeah. I said to you, we've watched like Marvel movies where the making of's like three minutes long and it's just people... Kissing like, ass. Saying, oh, the director was awesome. How wonderful everybody is. Tony Stark is awesome. Yeah. Because they might have to work with them again someday. Yeah, well, no, this was more like went into everything. It went to costuming, set design, the actual stars of it, the co-stars, the director. I think everything was covered, right? By that. Seemed thing. like it. Seemed pretty cool. I mean, we watched the whole thing. It was good. So um, thank you to Lionsgate for this movie for review. Um, before I go uh, with the end of the review, I'll tell you the I- what's the IMDb reviews section of this podcast. IMDb reviews are when you go find the one star reviews, which aren't really reviews at all, of people um, taking the time out of their life to complain about these movies. And it's not very useful, <laughs> but it's entertaining. 
Alright, so let's go for... Um, it does not add value to your movie watching or movie shopping experience. Yeah, and you might think, what, why are you listening to this podcast? Why are they going to... Sh- why is it going to read like a load of bad reviews to us? <laughs> because they seem to like it. Well, that's not the point. We just, I, we just find it funny uh, that people... And everyone has their point of view. People I write... mean, there's a lot of wrong people in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what did we see that on? You're not the only wrong... <laughs> what was that? <laughs> We're, oh, it was Tony and Chelsea. <laughs> We watch Tony and Chelsea Northup photographers do their YouTubers YouTube yeah thing. Um, I'm getting into photography, so we watch a lot of YouTube people. And he said something. She said the opposite, and he said someone else agreed with him. And she said, "Well, there can't be just one wrong person in the world." Yeah, it's like <laughs> meaning that he was <laughs> he's still wrong. He's yeah. just not alone. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, um, the 10 out of 10 reviews on IMDb are never quite as fun as the 1 out of 10 reviews. Correct. So here we go. Here's uh, some 1 out of 10s for you. La Grizzly, who I swear I've read that name before, so maybe he writes all 1 out of 10 reviews. (laughs) Maybe it's his... Claim to fame. He doesn't even watch the movies. He says, this is a new low for Charlize. I thought she had more class than this drivel. Hmm. Drivel. This person says... That was it? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Uni, Unimatrix underscore zero says. Okay. I got the impression this vid. Vid? Was aimed at the cellar dwellers who can't get the girl and need some false hope to encourage them to live on. Seth played Seth, so nothing new there. Charlize, while offering a competent performance, was clearly out of place. The script was disjointed and puerile. There were a couple of clever lines, although we found ourselves groaning much more than laughing. Ultimately, we didn't hate the movie, but it was an endurance, one that we won't revisit. Okay, I had to look up what puerile, me- puerile means. I- I've heard it many in my in my life. Do you know what it means? It means like... Uh, <laughs> it's hard, hard to describe, actually. Um, no, it's got a, just a definition. Yeah, I know it is, but uh, um, it's not coming to mind. Childish, Childish, silly, and trivial. Well, duh, it's fucking Seth Rogen. <laughs> it's a comedy. Are you, what, are you, what is it that people expect when they go... Now, if you're a, like me and you love going in blankly, that's cool. And if you don't know who Seth Rogen is and you don't know his comedy, that's cool too. But once you start watching it, you understand where it slots in and childish, silly, and trivial at times is precisely what they're going for. So you shouldn't be giving it a one-star review. You should be giving it like a five-star review because they hit the mark. Well, ten actually because it goes up to ten. Well, five if they don't like it, but it's still doing what it's meant to do. So at least it's average. All right. So they don't um, have to like it. This one is. What is this one? This one is. This one's a good one. Desevens three one eight two seven says. I'm sorry, but if the contemporary state of American filmmaking endorses drugs, smoking, casual sex, and dick jokes, and political position is held in such low regard, then it says a lot about the American cinema scene, filmmaking, and audience intelligence. All of it is scarily bad. Hmm. I mean, those things are all in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... But he's saying, because they're in there, we're all idiots. But if you don't partake, I'm not, I don't do drugs. I've never smoked pot or done any sort of marijuana related thing. I'm sure I took some fast acting, like, speed type pills back in my 20s. I drank a lot. Um, I don't, just because it's in a movie, 
I'm not an idiot. So that doesn't tell me, hey, I'm going to go out and smoke some dope because they do it. Like, who are you to think that a movie, which is fiction, should mold your actual choices in life? If it enlightens you to something or makes you curious about something and then you pursue it in real life, then that's kind of down to the person. But if you look at it, like I can watch somebody grill on a hamburger. That doesn't make me go, oh, I'm going to eat hamburgers again because I have no mind of my own. No, it doesn't work that way. Stop being a dickhead. Thanks. <laughs> and finally, Stop being a dickhead. This, one's real, this one's real short. Ocean Blue XO says, I wouldn't even watch for free on HBO. <laughs> that's it? Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> So but here's the thing. Did you watch it? Yeah, you watched it. Exactly. Or did you not watch it? But he wouldn't watch it for free on HBO. <laughs> Where did you? Okay. What was the circumstance under which you did watch it? Well, I would watch it for free on HBO. No problem. <laughs> I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch almost any movie for free on HBO. Yeah, if you can give me HBO for free, I'm exactly. going to watch some shit. I'll watch all the movies <laughs> yeah. on <laughs> I've watched many bad movies over my lifetime on HBO also, just because just because it's free. Also, just let me break down his comment. I wouldn't watch it for free on HBO, he says. Don't you have to pay for HBO? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's free on HBO. So where? Okay, you criminal. <laughs> <laughs> he must be the one hacking somebody's He's, satellite dish. Damn, it? see? You, you just give yourself away, there, chum. Chum. I'm going to phone the feds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, yes, that is the uh, one-star reviews from IMDb. Dun-dun-dun. That's what, to, that sound effect is what you need from, like, dun, Price dun, is dun, Right. Dun. Price is Right or any game show has that. Wah-wah-wah. You know, when somebody loses. So, um, thanks to Lionsgate for letting us review this. Um, and next week, we're going to look at the movie Hellboy. It's a boy. He's from hell. I'm going to go on record as saying I'm perfectly happy with the original Hellboy, and I don't know what's wrong with you people that you couldn't have just gone on with my Beauty and the Beast guy, moved along with him, and not just start over. Because I love the original Hellboy movies. Well, Mr. Del Toro was done with it. I don't care. You could still go on from where it started. I like that guy. I like Beauty and the Beast guy. Well, yes, Ron Perlman. Yes, you do. I do. But now you're going to get... I mean, the, he wasn't great in Alien 4, but never mind. Now you're going to get Hopper from uh, Stranger Things as Hellboy. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. And also, I don't think it's necessary. But hey. Well, next week you can listen to Sid Talk say how much he dislikes <laughs> or, or, or likes oh Hellboy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, well, it wasn't so bad after all. Yeah. So movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of this movie and the two stars. So I'm going for my favorite two movies by these two stars. So Seth Rogen would be knocked up. I mentioned it earlier. I think it's a really fun movie and it has a lot of heart. And uh, my Charlize Theron um, choice would be Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, I forgot about Mad Max. Which is a fantastic movie that everybody should see. It's not a fantastic movie, but it's fun and it she has a good character. Fucking great movie. It isn't. Yes. Stop lying to everyone. I love it. It won many Oscars. Here's Mad Max. This is mumbles and shit. You can't understand him. He's not a great Mad Max. Again, I'm not a Mel Gibson fan. The movie. But the original is what it is. The, the movie, though, is such a. It's fun. Awesome, it's big. It's a spectacle. Movie. It doesn't make it good. Stop it, lying to people. It does to me. I, pre- I actually prefer it to the older Max, Mad Max movies. 
And I do like those also. But now there's a, a racist or a weirdo in them. So I can't <laughs> take that back. I'd rather have Tom Hardy than that guy. Yeah, but Tom Hardy needs to... And, and, well, I can't even do it now. Articulate. Enunciate. Whatever it is when you're speaking. That every word needs to be separate. I think so I can hear what you're saying. I think there are the, they are thinking still of making the Furiosa movie, which would be not Mad Max, but her. Person, mm-hmm. you know so let's hope because i really loved it so they're my uh recommendations knocked up and fury road yours are mine are is that what you're asking me mine are because it's another comedy with politics our brand is crisis because i also was not too sure about that one but then it won me over it's sandra bullock sandra bullock and your guy billy bob yeah and it is about politics and about twisting and spinning and contorting and manipulating things and um when you think about it it's just it's really good it's a good story yeah and it is a comedy kind of mm-hmm. in, in parts isn't it it's, it's not comedy all... as in it is like ridiculous how these people behave yeah and so you are like sort of i don't know I just really enjoyed it, after, even though I didn't think it would. And then, of course, just want to throw another comedy out there that's got the uncomfortable stuff, but it really made me laugh, was Bridesmaids. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah, Kristen Wiig. Shitting in a in, wedding dress. So, I always like the Kristen Wiig. Um, <laughs> anything Kristen Wiig says in that, when she's in the plane. <laughs> it's just really funny. <laughs> um, yeah, why don't we see Kristen Wiig very often anymore? Because she's rich. Yeah, she doesn't probably. have to do she anything. Just, she just ran off with all the Hollywood money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, she was in. She was in that new Ghostbusters, but we didn't see it. We did not. I don't know. I don't not know interested. I'm, I don't think I am either. Anyway, and not because of what anyone says. It's just that again, like Hellboy, I'm not interested in redoing a thing that was fine. The original Ghostbusters was fine for what it was. If you want to now. I guess they couldn't get everyone on board, but they're going to now, apparently, right? To do another one, but with the original people. Yeah, or that's happening now with Bill Murray and everybody. Is that because they were like, oh, I think so. You yeah. didn't do it. Right. It's like you ruined, you ruined Ghostbusters. I mean, you so. can't ruin it because it's going to always <laughs> exist for what it is. Yeah. But like, everybody needs to. First of all, if you're a creative person, right, and you want to make a movie, make your own fucking movie. Make up a story that doesn't exist. You will find the core of all the stories that we watch over and over. You're not going to come up with a new genre or whatever, or a new tale of humanity. But like Harry Potter didn't exist before it existed. Star Wars didn't exist before it existed. Hellboy didn't exist before it existed. And then they become a thing. And then guess what? Someone writes another thing. And someone invents another idea, invents another planet to go to, invents another time in human, the future of humanity and what that could look like. And so, you know, we don't need to redo everything. Just make a new thing. Or invents this scenario in this movie we watched today, Longshot. Yeah, I mean, this isn't inventing anything, but it's also not remaking Pretty Woman. You know what I mean? It's not like we're literally saying that movie exists and I'm going to redo it. I'm not opposed to remaking movies. Don't get me wrong. There have been a few. Which one did we watch that I liked? I liked Evil Dead. Yes. The remake. But it also wasn't like wiping clean the slate. 
because of the world it comes from, you can feel the cheek. You know, you can feel that it's all one big thing anyway. It's not like trying to get rid of the past. Whereas Hellboy, because it hasn't been that long, or even remaking Spider-Man when they did, starting with a new Spider-Man, it's like, oh, no, no, just forget that other one ever existed. No, just make up a new superhero. It can't be that hard. <laughs> she says, without making any effort to do it herself. Yeah, exactly. All right, so um, moving on, uh, Ace Gully stuff. I've just been playing Anthem this week a lot. Anthem, it's the, uh, it's like Destiny. It's by EA. What? It's really good. I really like it. I told you I picked it up cheap. I could have played it when it was expensive back in the day, but I didn't. Only thing I'm finding wrong is, uh, bad, is because I've waited so long to play it, this is the bad side of waiting. Um, there's not many people playing it, so when I need a team to go and do a mission, right, it takes a long time to find four people and put them together. So sometimes I'm sat there for like two or three minutes. I reckon if I'd have played it on day one, that would have not happened, and you would have immediately gone into a game. But that doesn't seem to be happening, because people, they move on, don't they, to other new games? and Fickle. Fickle yeah. gamers. Even though this game is cheap at the moment, and it probably does have more players than it has had for a while, it is a thing where you're sat in a waiting room just waiting because you can't do the missions on your own some of them you have to have a team of four and actually getting together four people who are at your level as well it seems to take a while so that's the only downside i really enjoy the game it's fun bit repetitive you could say because a lot of the missions involve the same thing you just go out there into the wilderness you know you there's some voice acting you find a place the story all games are kind of repetitive um, not always. Not always. Oh, I have been playing something else this week. Tetris uh, mm-hmm. Effect came out on PC. I already own it on the PlayStation, and I got the PC version. It's the same game, exactly the same. But if that is not the best Tetris game ever made... It's good. It really is. I mean, it's Tetris... I don't get bored of playing Tetris, and that the music in that game and the visuals... Even though you don't pay attention to them 99% of the time because you're looking at the Tetris board. It just, the frills around it make it better. I can't, it's hard to explain why it's better. It's a good game. Yeah. So I have been playing some You gotta get in the flow. In fact, I might want to play after this because you get kind of like, yeah, you know, like I said, I don't do drugs. (laughs) I'm not supposed to drink at the moment because of liver, liver, everybody has a great liver, but me. No, that's not true. Um, my liver has lived. We'll put it that way. So maybe uh, Tetris will be my glass of wine. <laughs> so it's good. It's a good one. Oh, also, you can play this PC version in virtual reality. So I'm going to have to hook up my VR goggles and uh, try it that way. Oh, yeah. you got to definitely try that. That would be crazy, right? Yeah. It sounds like it would be crazy. So, um, yeah, that's Tetris Effect. Um, so, Sito, what's for dinner? Tonight will be... We're having lots of whole grains lately. I don't know if you've noticed. I Barley, like yes, quinoa. Like um, what else have I made? Brown rice, one of your faves. Um, again, to uh, help cleanse the liver or whatever I, they want me to I, do. Um, so we're having I, that mixed with vegetables and then some um, not chicken salad sandwich. Anything that's brown, I've found, I favor. And you... You're, you not like that, you know? I never did. 
<laughs> no, because I always like, oh no, I prefer it used to be like, do you want white bread or brown bread? I'd be like, well, I like our brown bread tastes better. And then rice, I was like, no, I prefer brown rice. And you were like, no, Not I me. prefer white rice. Yeah. I like the white rice. But I'm learning. And also I have this weird thing where I can't really taste anything at the moment. So I think that has a lot to do with it um, being more palatable to me for some reason. Right. So, so that's what's for supper. And um, what is your advice to everybody today? My advice is to always remember that everyone has a beginning don't know if you know what I mean, but like kind of from this friend, the guy is Seth Rogen's character being so negative about people and sort of down on Republicans. And of course, if you're a Republican, you're a dickhead kind of thing. Well, you know, every person has a beginning. Everybody was born. Then they learned how to be potty trained and had to eat with the utensil or eat at the table of who, wherever culture they're in, learn how to walk, learn how to sit up, learn how to read whatever their language is. Everyone started somewhere. And then a combination of their personality traits mixed with their environment and then other information that's fed into them and then information they seek as they get older makes the combination of who they are. But they all started somewhere. They weren't born the person that you now decide to hate. They weren't born with the intention or the plan to do harm or do damage or be a jerk or be lazy or be the person that you look down upon or be less than what you think they should be or be an elitist asshole if you think that's what people are. Nobody starts that way. You know, everybody starts and then you're like a... a is it a repository or a you're like a a big vase that get or bucket or whatever you're like you just get filled up with all the stuff in life a big vase <laughs> a big vase and then you know you if you judge somebody based purely on the slice of what you see right this minute you're completely discounting the whole of their life and you are also giving them permission to do the same with you and you know that's not how it is. You know that your life is a combination. Like, I've been raised with three siblings, same parents, same area, basically, same ideas, same everything. You know, nothing changed from the time my siblings were kids to the time I was kids. Not really. Not the big stuff, you know. And yet we're very different. So I know that even being raised in a similar situation, I am who I am. Because of me gathering different information, perceiving it differently, choosing different things in my life, seeking different things in my life. Therefore, we're not the same person. We're not clones of one another. And so someone that you judge purely on this one thing they say or one thing they do and decide that's the whole of who they are, it, that's a problem, isn't it? In society and like today, that's the big problem is I've decided who you are based on a meme that you posted on Facebook. Period. Yes. And that's it. Instead of thinking about the whole person. And if you don't want to take the time and you don't want to make the effort and you don't, and it's not, an ex, it's not, you know, I discussed this with a friend and um, her thing was, well, that, I don't want to give anybody an excuse for their bad behavior, like by saying, well, they were a baby once. And I'm like, well, that's not what I mean. But you can understand a person better if you get a full picture of who they are. 
You can't, you don't have to accept their behavior or their choices, the damage that they do. None of that. You don't have to accept it at all. Still punish people for being destructive, horrible people, whatever level they are, but you will understand it better. And maybe the next person that you come across who might be headed that direction, you can maybe figure some things out. Who knows? You know, you can't save the world, but at least it's something. Don't just look at people as like a cardboard cutout. Because, I mean, you're going to be wrong 100% of the time. And I like to be right a lot more than that. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. That's not advice. All right. That's just, it's just me telling you, telling you you something. If you listen to the beginning of this podcast, you will understand that you can get this podcast literally anywhere in the world. Yeah, because they are here listening to it. This is the wrong audience to be promoting this idea to. (laughs) You can catch us everywhere, including YouTube and all the other places like iTunes and Google Play and all those things. You can catch us on, catch Sid Talk on Instagram. Yeah, I've been posting more on there. You're going to get a lot of garden pictures. So if you like pictures of tomatoes, go for it. Email any feedback you've got to aschooly at aschooly.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She does not want your shit. You can email me. And, um... I want to say stay classy, Mr. Seth Rogen and Miss Charlize Theron, both classy in this movie. (laughs) And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, someone's doing it for you. 